This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back here again with Italian attorney and head of the U.S. Office of Italian Citizenship Assistance, Marco Permunian. Hello there. How are you doing, man? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Great to be back here again with you to talk a bit more about Italian citizenship. And in this episode, we wanted to specifically focus on what the situation might be for for a family who is thinking about getting Italian citizenship. There are many situations where an individual is wanting to claim their right for Italian citizenship by descent, but there are also many situations where just that one person will be an inspiration to the rest of the clan and get them really excited about connecting with their homeland and to connect with their country to, to really feel attached and not just be feel not just feel attached, but to actually legally be attached to the country. I think in this episode, we should do something like what we've done before and kind of divide the episode somewhat into talking about applying in the United States versus applying in Italy versus 1948 case and so on. But let's first start out with maybe one of the most common situations that you might come across, at least I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, a, a family living in the United States that all wants to get their Italian citizenship together. And maybe let's start out with Yure Sanguinis and then go on to 1948 case. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it would be interesting, first of all, to clarify that although applying with other people has certain advantages, it is not necessary to get involved family members in order for your application to be successful. In other words, a lot of people ask me, uh, do I have to get my father or my mother involved or my grandfather who's still living? So their question is, do the people in my Italian line who are still alive need to apply for citizenship in order for me to be able to apply for citizenship? Or do they have to apply first and only afterwards I can apply? And the answer is no. The answer is you can apply for Italian citizenship even if you are parent or grandparent who is in your Italian line and who is still living doesn't apply for citizenship or doesn't want to apply for citizenship if he or she is not interested. And, and there is a legal reason behind that. And the fact is, every person in the Italian line is, technically speaking, someone who has the right to Italian citizenship, someone who was born with Italian citizenship, but such Italian citizenship was never recognized. So you have to go through a process to have your uh, birthright recognized. And because you were born with the right to Italian citizenship, your father was born with the right to Italian citizenship, and your grandfather, um, each one of you can apply independently from each other. In other words, again, citizenship was passed from your Italian-born ancestor, say, the great-grandparent, onto your grandparent at the time of the birth of your grandparent. So your grandparent was born with Italian citizenship, and then your grandparent, who was an Italian citizen, passed his or her Italian citizenship onto your parent, who then passed their Italian citizenship onto you at the time of your, of your birth. And that's why you don't have to wait for your ascendants to apply for citizenship in order for you to start the process. Now, that said, it may be advantageous for you to get other family members involved like you can apply 
for citizenship as a group rather than as an individual. And the advantages would be primarily that the application becomes more cost-effective. So if you are applying for citizenship through the same consulate, so if you and other family members, like your parent or siblings or cousins or aunts and uncles, if you all reside within the same consular jurisdiction, you can file your, file your application through the same consulate and at the same time, um, and that means that you can share the same documents. So it goes without saying that it's less expensive to gather one set of documents for everybody rather than one set of documents for each individual, which is instead what happens if you have to go through different consulates. So if you go through different consulates, uh, it may still be advantageous to do so, uh, but less. For example, uh, if you have a sibling who resides in a different consular jurisdiction, each one of you needs a separate set of documents, an identical set of original documents, but uh, it, may stay, it may still be cheaper to um, apply at the same time than apply completely separately and at different times because, uh, for example, when you get your grandfather's birth certificate, which is a common document, uh, if you get it, if you get two copies at the same time, the second copy normally normally it's less expensive. Or, for example, um, speaking about our services, it's definitely more cost effective if you engage our services as a group of people because we work on all the applications at the same time, and it is more cost effective regardless of the fact that if that the applicants are located within the same consular jurisdiction or within different consular jurisdictions. So applying for citizenship as a group uh, can be more cost effective and the result is that everybody will get citizenship at the same time or more or less at the same time. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. I mean, I, I know somebody that I can think of off the top of my head, actually more than just a few people where they were living in the jurisdiction of one consulate and their other family members were living in another jurisdiction. And during the process of even just gathering the documents, because they needed duplicates and the, the, the translations weren't necessary to do over and over and over again, it was kind of a copy-paste situation, uh, they were able to save a lot of money just on the translations alone um, because of that necessity or, or that ability to copy and paste and reprint the same uh, translation for that same document, even though it was multiple documents. It was, say, it was a birth certificate because they had a couple of copies of that birth certificate. They could also have just the, 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 the photocopy of the translation as well. Um, and even beyond that, I mean, there's there's people who, like you were saying, that they apply at different consulates, but they get their citizenship within a very similar uh, time frame. Uh, even if maybe the what I have personally seen, I'm not saying this is the rule, but maybe something that I've seen happen is that even if one consulate tends to take a little bit longer than other consulates in the same country as each other, uh, I have seen people getting their citizenship recognized roughly at the same time because it's also dependent on the ancestral comune as well to kind of give that final answer. And one thing that I've seen also is that they like to kind of work on all of the pro all of it at the same time or as much of it so that they don't have to open the file and close the file and open the file and close the file. Um, maybe there, there are different situations with different municipalities and, of course, different workers. That's just something that I've noticed. 
No, that's interesting, and that's absolutely true. And also, you know, it's applying as a group of people can also be advantageous because, for instance, the translations. Uh, even if you need a separate set of documents because you're applying through different consulates, and the translations, of course, will be slightly different because you are translating um, a document but also the duplicate of the same document which maybe will have you know a different certificate number or barcode number at the bottom but of course the translation will be almost identical so it will be more cost effective to hire a translator that um, translate two certified copies of the same documents at the same time rather than separately and of course there are also practical advantages of maybe getting family members on board uh, like cousins or um, aunts and uncles because you know you are when you are when you apply for Italian citizenship as, as you know you have to investigate you know your family mm-hmm. history and maybe there are some details that you uncover that may uh, be useful for also other family members maybe you you know uh, you don't know like nobody knows in your family where your grandfather was born and you uncover that information. And uh, of course, if you're applying together with a cousin or with an an uncle, you can share that information. Uh, Whereas if you apply separately, maybe uh, you find out like a piece of information that they will also have to find out. Maybe they have troubles, you know, finding out. So I think applying as a group is always... Uh, advantageous and mm-hmm. you should get as many people in your family involved as you can yeah and even i mean even if the the others in your family don't get involved which i definitely think of course they if you can get them involved that's great but sometimes maybe one family member will have more um records family records than another family might have just because they happen to be the one who got handed all the documents maybe when their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents died and they happen to have it filed up in an attic somewhere so it is worthwhile to talk to your family and to get an idea of maybe if somebody has a document already because sometimes people don't realize that the document that might take them a little bit of research to do or maybe more than just a little bit could be sitting up in a family member's attic somewhere. And I have seen that happen before. No, absolutely. Uh, but then again, you know, um, I have some clients that do want to go solo. They have like, they are in a rush and they, they don't have the time, you know, to uh, contact other family members. Uh, they already have all the information, they've done the research and, you know, maybe they want to relocate to Europe as soon as possible. So, although I, I always suggest, you know, if possible to get other family members involved, uh, there are quite a few people that uh, decide to apply by themselves. And then they, you know, they tell me, okay, my, my family members, I, I've told them they will uh, probably apply all together, but separately from me. You know, because once you already get started with that, you can have that one pioneer of the family, so to speak, who gets everything done. And that can help to pave the way for the rest of the family because they already did the research. They already got the information and they can just say maybe even they might just go ahead and get duplicates of the some of these documents because they know that maybe a family member will do it at a later date. And it doesn't add any extra time for them to do it. Um, so if you are that person, of course, <laughs> it's great to be able to do that. And I, I, I mean, I'm just of the opinion to begin with um, that it's always never a bad idea. It's never a bad idea at all to have duplicates of your documents because anything can happen. 
Is there maybe anything that we haven't spoken about so far about families applying at a consulate in the United States? I think an interesting point is, and maybe that uh, needs some clarification, is that not only if you have minor children, and that's that's the beauty, I, w- one of the beauties of the, the dual citizen, the Italian dual citizenship process, but if you have minor children, they will automatically be recognized. So at least your minor children will automatically be included in your um, application if they're minors at the time of the submission of your application. Uh, if they're adults, if they're over 18, they will have to formally apply together with you or separately. Uh, but if they're minors, they will be included in your application. And then, you know, they say that Italian citizenship is then a legacy for your children because if you apply for Italian citizenship, if you do get married and have children, your children uh, that were not born at the time that you become an Italian citizen, but so your future children, they will be able to get citizenship easily. So you have to go through this process that can be complex and time-consuming, but then your children in the future will not have to go through this process and they will be able to become Italian citizens upon registration of their birth certificate done by the parents. So basically, uh, if, if you have children, you just have to go to the Italian consulate and say, hey, uh, now I have children, I want to register the birth certificate, and they will become Italian citizens when you register their birth certificate, which takes just a few weeks. Right, and that's, I mean, it definitely saves so much time rather than having to go through that process as an adult, through the whole process of, of making that claim, um, like many of us have done or will be doing. Um, that, I mean, for me, I can say I'm very grateful that if one day maybe I have children, that they won't have to go through the same headache that I went through. <laughs> but I guess um, I, I don't think we've really missed anything else when it comes to talking about the United States applying there. So I guess it really comes down to maybe something that could bridge the gap a little bit between applying in the United States and applying in Italy. Uh, and that's a little bit of a different situation. The 1948 case, which can be done either in Italy or from the United States. Yeah, we talked about 1948 cases extensively in other videos, but to recap maybe very quickly, uh, that's for people who have to pursue Italian citizenship via the court system because they don't have an ancestor that can qualify them uh, normally, but uh, they qualify through a female ancestor who doesn't have the right or didn't have the right to pass their citizenship onto their children because their children were born before 1948. And therefore, you now have to petition the court um, to get Italian citizenship, which sounds like a very daunting process, but it's not. Um, It's a very popular process. But um, it's interesting that that you brought this up because it's very different, um, the situation of a family group uh, when pursuing citizenship via the court system. In fact, it is absolutely a good idea to get as family members uh, that are interested as possible on board on your, uh, and, and, and that you ask them to join your 1948 case, because if they don't join your case, 
they will have to file a completely separate case. So, uh, for instance, if you have adult children and you want to pursue citizenship, or you have, I should say, to pursue to pursue citizenship via the court system, if you don't include your adult children, uh, they will have to basically file a completely separate case with the court. Uh, and it goes without saying that that would be like very expensive and other than time consuming. So uh, if you can get all the interested individuals in the, in the, in the same lawsuit, that's definitely a good idea. Well, theoretically, even at that point, doing a 1948 case, if you have enough family members, could end up costing less than a normal Yure Sanguine situation. Of course, you can uh, absolutely split the costs because if you do a you know, joint process, uh, for e even the filing fee, for example, is one regardless of the um, number of the petitioners, but also uh, the documents required uh, is only one set of documents for all of the uh, people who participate in the lawsuit. So it's it's very much, um, it's, it, it's very cost effective to file a 1948 case as a group of people rather than uh, to go solo. Yeah, no, I, I can, I, I'm, I could almost swear that I've heard of family groups like 12 people or 18 people or eight people or four people. And uh, I mean, really, especially if you have a big Italian family, <laughs> like many uh, Italian Americans do. I, I mean, it's really amazing that you all could have this connection to Italy and uh, not actually have to ever show up in Italy to solidify your connection to the country. And you know, a question that um, I'm always asked by people who want to file a 1948 case is that they tell me, I want to get family members on board, normally quite a few. And they ask me, are there any disadvantages? Or uh, they are concerned that the court will see that situation as maybe dangerous for Italy or, mm. uh, you know... Like the, trying to take advantage exactly or sketchy. But the point is, it it doesn't matter how many people you get on board. It's absolutely irrelevant uh, in the eyes of the Italian government. Uh, these processes are very objective, so it doesn't matter. It, it, does, it, it absolutely has no bearing if you are applying uh, by yourself or with other 30 family members. Uh, judges don't and can't consider uh, that as a factor so it doesn't make any difference so don't worry you can just get as many uh, people on board as you want and would that be because really it's calling into question the recognition or not necessarily the recognition but the ability of one single female ancestor to pass on her citizenship rather than the ability for each individual um, in that case uh, to have Italian citizenship Yes, exactly. And the point here is that you're not applying for naturalization. You're not uh, being, you know, given a gift by the Italian government. Uh, people believe, you know, that uh, the Italian government is doing them a favor to, to grant this Italian citizenship. And in fact, they asked me, you know, does it make a difference that I speak Italian or that I have like reasons uh, for uh, wanting this Italian citizenship or that, uh, you know, my father was a famous architect in America, an Italian-American. But the, the, the thing is, these 1948 cases are exclusively based on the law 
and whether or not you are able to prove that citizenship was passed from one person to another, so from your ancestor down to you and down to all of the other uh, petitioners. So that's why it doesn't make any difference whether or not you're applying uh, by yourself or with a group of other 20 people. No, that's that's really amazing that, I mean, that this is even possible to be able to just make that one kind of one-stop shop <laughs> for citizenship in a sense, a little bit more complicated than just one stop. But um, unless there's anything that we missed, um, I think it might be worthwhile uh, also going on to the situation for a family who wants to apply for Italian citizenship or recognition of t- Italian citizenship by descent here in Italy. Like, what would they have to go through for that and what should they consider? So, for an application through an Italian municipality, so for those people who want to have a quicker application process, maybe because their consulate has a long wait time for the first available appointment. So uh, for those people who decide to file the application in Italy, I think the most common question is, you know, we're a group of people, we all want to apply for citizenship in Italy, do we all have to go to Italy? And the answer is yes. So every person who is interested in applying for citizenship in Italy should be present in Italy for the application process. In other words, uh, you can't do the process in Italy for yourself and on behalf of other family members who don't travel to Italy. So if you want to apply for citizenship in Italy with your uh, sibling and parent and cousin, they all have to travel to Italy Uh, to do the application process in Italy. And if they are unable to travel to Italy, uh, those family members who are unable to travel to Italy should apply through an Italian consulate in the country where they reside. Now, an an exception can be made for uh, minor children if they are very young and um, you can get citizenship prior to them turning 18, then you can go to Italy by yourself, apply for citizenship, and then return to the U.S. and register their birth certificates through the consulate. But if your children are about to turn 18, they're very close to being 18 years old, they should travel with you and apply for citizenship uh, with you in Italy. Otherwise, the risk is that you get citizenship. By the time you get citizenship, they turn 18, and Uh, then they have to go through the whole citizenship process, maybe in the U.S., or they have to file another subsequent application for citizenship in Italy as adult applicants. uh, I see. Actually, I remember uh, while walking around here in Rovigo, where uh, not only do I happen to live, but you're from, and your offices are located, I happen to... Uh, be a bump into uh, a client of yours who was staying here at the time and that was exactly what this person was doing was that they were here for the duration of the process to make sure that their uh, Italian citizenship application was going through and 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 all of the the the, the pieces of the puzzle in, involved and uh, their kids stayed with their uh, spouse back in the country that they were living in because they happened to be expats anyway. So I, I found that actually to be interesting because their ch- children were so young, there wasn't a concern about, well, is there going to be the cutoff date? Are they going to have to do it as adults or this or that? Um, which I guess also would cut down theoretically on the prices of moving the whole family up because um, if I'm not mistaken, I th- maybe you mentioned this quickly, but um, there's also the consideration of bringing if there's a non-Italian spouse, 
um, what might be required for that non-Italian spouse to be able to be here during the process. Exactly. If you're applying in Italy, your non-Italian spouse may not be able to stay with you for the duration of the process. It depends on the area. Some areas will give your non-Italian spouse a residency permit uh, that will allow them to stay with you during the process. But in some areas, that's not allowed. So your spouse will only have the ability to stay for three months with you and, uh, and not for longer. I'm assuming if somebody is working with you, this is something that you do confirm ahead of time. And how is it that you go ahead to even get that information if the, if the non-Italian spouse, for example, uh, can or can't get the, um, the, the permission to stay? Like I said, it depends on the area. So what we do is we call the um, Questura, the local um, police office that is just responsible for issuing these, uh, these residency permits for spouses. And we ask them what their opinion is, what the inter- what their interpretation of the law is regarding this specific issue. Mm, I see. That's interesting. Yeah, no, and this, again, like we've talked about so many times, it's always up to the interpretation of the individual and the local authority and how things are run uh, in, in, in each of these places. Um, but what about in the situation that maybe both parents are actually of Italian descent? Um, would they be able to both separately go through the process, but together here in Italy? That's an interesting point, and um, it's always advisable to, if, if both the spouses are of Italian descent, and if they both qualify for Italian citizenship, I always suggest that they both apply for citizenship at the same time uh, in the U.S. through an Italian consulate or in Italy through an Italian municipality, uh, because if they, uh, you know, a lot of people, they ask me, well, you know, I will wait for my spouse to become an Italian citizen and then I will apply for citizenship through marriage because they are... They don't un- want to be bothered. Uh, yeah, or uh, understandably, they are under the impression that applying for citizenship through marriage is is an easier process, but it's a much more difficult process, we talked about that, uh, than applying for citizenship um by descent, or it can be, depending on the circumstances, uh, primarily because if you don't speak Italian, uh, you will not be able to apply for Italian citizenship through marriage, uh, because having a good level of Italian is a requirement to apply for citizenship through marriage, but it's not a requirement for citizenship by descent. Uh, Also, the citizenship by marriage process tends to be a longer process than the citizenship by descent process. So I always say, if you both qualify for citizenship by descent and you're married, you should both apply for citizenship by descent. And I would assume that even would be like even more so and a stronger uh, recommendation if they do plan on living here in Italy anyway, after the fact, uh, after they get their, their citizenship recognized or even if they want to live elsewhere in Europe. Of course. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. And we've covered a lot of ground in this video, a ton of ground in a very short period of time. And so, of course, thank you again so much, Marco, for making yourself available to talk about this process. And of course, if anybody is needing help getting their Italian citizenship, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com 
or uh, give us a call. The number is on our website. Well, that's fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian dual citizenship and getting Italian citizenship by descent or any other way of getting Italian citizenship, make sure that you are subscribed to this YouTube channel. And of course, be sure to keep up with the Italian Citizenship Assistance Facebook page for information about when this podcast will be available as an audio only episode, as well as the Italian real estate podcast as well on their Facebook page as well. Of course, also, if you're interested in more content about life in Italy, living in Italy as a, an Italian dual citizen and, a, and life abroad as an expat, and you want to see even some more of Italy, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Raffaele Di Furia, where I talk all about these subjects and have fun out and about in this beautiful country. Of course, we have been here again with the head of the U.S. Office of Italian Citizenship Assistance.com, Italian attorney Marco Permunian, and I am Rafael Di Furia. Thank you all so much for joining us again for another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. We will see you all next time. Thank you. Later. Later.